Wow, guess what? There was this black chopper that went over heads and scrambled scrambled my phone. Turned off my podcast and shut off the YouTube video I was playing. So, this is it. I'm going to go back to that same video and I'm going to um cuz they don't want you to hear that. Much touch. Go subscribe. Hi, mimis. Okay. And this this is weird. Okay, it's called Justice Department Seeks Devastating Sentence Against Key Insurrectionist on Midas Touch. Uh, posted 33 minutes ago. And it's been... I had just started it, but this bar is red. As if I had already watched the entire thing. And it's 20 minutes long. I just started it. I'm gonna fucking um. Nope. I'm gonna screenshot it. Cause uh, this is uh what. This is Michael Pilcock, Legal AF. Patrick McCoy, DHS don't want you to hear. Five of DC is facing 16 years in prison, having been convicted in September at a bench trial for violently assaulting and savagely beating at least two police officers during Jan 6. First one being Metropolitan Police Officer Daniel Hodges, who testified before the Jan 6 and testified at Mr. McCoy's trial in front of Judge Trevor McFadden, a Trump-appointed judge. We're going to talk about him next on this hot take and what my predictions are for how he's going to handle the sentencing and how he's likely to cut the Department of Justice's recommended sentence at least in half. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's first focus our attention on Patrick McCoy, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H-E-Y. What did he do that day? Along with two of his cohorts, Tristan Stevens and David Mahaffey, he attacked law enforcement and police in some of the most violent and brutal fighting that went on at that West Tunnel, that Western Terrace Tunnel. Particularly, Officer Hodges, who had never been to the Capitol before, he was a Met DC police officer, didn't know the layout well, but wanted to protect his democracy, his his uh, capital from being attacked by what uh, Officer Hodges has called a cult-like group of white supremacists who are fighting for the very soul of our nation. And uh, Mr. Uh, Officer Hodges was going to do everything in his power, even if it meant giving up his life uh, for our country. And what happened in particular? Well, at that West Tunnel, so the, the site of some of the most brutal and violent war that was being waged uh, to protect democracy, to protect the elected officials inside, eventually Mr. McCoy uh, got uh, Mr. Hodges into a prone position using Mr. Hodges's own shield against him as a battering ram, pushing him into a door, trapping Hodges and, and squeezing, attempting to squeeze the life out of him between his shield and his door as he literally screamed out in pain. And what did those screams bring? Other insurrectionists that then proceeded to rip 
the officer's mask, gas mask, off his face wow. in a violent manner, gouge out his eye with wow. a thumb, and, and all the while McCoy is not helping this officer who's now prone and vulnerable to attack. He's actually uh, bringing the mob and all of their weight to bear on Hodges to try to crush him. How he survived that violent assault, we'll never know. Fortunately, he had the presence of mind to stay on his post to fight off dozens of people. I mean, if this was uh, uh, if this was literally during a war, I'm sure he would have been given, if not the Purple Heart, a Congressional Medal of Honor or some other Medal of Valor for what he did and what uh, and how he protected our country. He testified. Um, uh, Daniel Hodges in the Jan 6 committee and we have some amazing testimony from him that I don't even want to describe. I just want to roll the tape and play <laughs> Daniel Hodges' testimony at least a minute or two of it so you understand. And just note that everything he's saying in that clip that I chose is about Patrick McCoy. So we believed ours to be the last line of defense before the terrorists had true access to the building and to potentially our elected representatives. Eventually it was my turn in the meat grinder that was the front line. The terrorists had a wall of shields that they had stolen from officers as well as stolen batons, what other armaments they brought. Even during this intense contest of wills, they tried to convert us to their cult. One man shouted, we all just want to make our voices heard. And I think you feel the same. I really think you feel the same. Oh well, another man attempts to batter us with a stolen shield. Another man, like many others, didn't seem to appreciate that this wasn't a game. He fought his way across the lawn, up the steps, through the western terrace. All the OC and CS gas, and at the front line of this final threshold was asking us to hold on because he has asthma. The two sides were at a stalemate of a metal door frame that sat in the middle of the hallway. At the front line, I inserted myself so the frame was at my back in an effort to give myself something to brace against, to provide additional strength, strength from pushing forward. Unfortunately, soon after I secured this position, the momentum shifted, and we lost the ground that got me there. On my left was a man with a clear riot shield stolen during the assault. He slammed it against me, and with all the weight of the bodies pushing behind him, trapped me. My arms were pinned and effectively useless, trapped against either the shield on my left or the door frame on my right. With my posture, granting me no functional strength or freedom of movement, I was effectively defenseless and gradually sustaining injury from the increasing pressure of the mob. Directly in front of me, a man seized the opportunity of my vulnerability. He grabbed the front of my gas mask and used it to beat my head against the door. He switched to pulling it off my head, the straps stretching against my skull and straining my neck. He never uttered any words I recognized, but opted instead for guttural screams. I remember him foaming at the mouth. He also put his cell phone in his mouth so that he had both hands free to assault me. Eventually, he succeeded in stripping away my gas mask, and a new rush of exposure to CS and OC spray hit me. The mob of terrorists were coordinating their efforts now, shouting, Hee! Ho! as they synchronized, pushing their weight forward, crushing me further against the metal door frame. The man in front of me grabbed my baton that I still held in my hands, and in my current state, I was unable to retain my weapon. He bashed me in the head and face with it, rupturing my lip and adding additional injury to my skull. Now you've had an opportunity to hear right out of the words of the victim, Daniel Hodges, who was so eloquent, eloquent, so brave, 
uh, so much valor in his testimony. And he testified again in, uh, in uh, trial against McCoy and his two cohorts. And, th and that was a bench trial. So now we know what he did. We also know he beat another officer with another shield uh, that happened at the same time. And that was Officer Henry Fulas beat him also. And he got charged with 24 counts and convicted of nine counts at a bench trial, not a jury trial. He chose a bench trial. Government was okay with it in front of Trevor McFadden. Why? Because Trevor McFadden was a Trump appointee. He's the only person to have found and acquitted a Jan 6th insurrectionist of a misdemeanor at least and let him walk out the front door of the courthouse what? back in April of 2022 and that guy what? was Matt Martin but no other fucking uh, try to DC kill cops and he fucking walk free let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner Zbiotics now if you're like me you've probably skipped a workout because of drinks the night before like it happens but if you're committed to your healthy routine you need Zbiotics fuck that Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic it was duties. invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking here's how it works when you drink, alcohol oh gets converted God. into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, Hi, not dehydration, that's you to blame for your me? rough next day. Zbiotics yeah. produces an enzyme to break yeah, this right. byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it most. Aww. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol, okay. drink responsibly, yeah, and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Now, I can't lie, after we hit 1 million subscribers, I may have partied a little bit too much that night. But luckily, I knew I had Zbiotics. Now, as instructed, I drank a bottle of Zbiotics before any alcohol, and I was amazed at just how good I felt the next day. Give Zbiotics a try for yourself. Please. Go to zbiotics.com slash legalaf to get 15% off your first order Jeez. when you use legalaf at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money okay, back. Okay, by the way, thanks for um, 111k, and uh, you have good tastes. Legal AF, and use the code Legal AF at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode. Oh, quad boobs getting out of hand. My what name? if you try me? No, not at all. So My much better, right? Now he's never let a felon uh, be found to be acquitted so we got that going for us but even trevor mcfadden who is notorious in not adopting the department of justice's sentencing recommendations and completely throwing them out not enhancing the sentence in any way shape or form instead cutting it in half i mean he even gave patrick mccoy a break You've heard a lot about the Jan 6 choir, which is 20 or more of the most dangerous of the Jan 6 insurrectionists. A, a group of them have already been convicted awaiting trans and sentenced, awaiting transfer to the Bureau of Prisons, the federal system. Uh, a group of them have already pled guilty or been convicted and they're awaiting sentencing. And a group of them are awaiting their trial, but are so violent that they can't be let out. Um, this guy who, who, who perpetrated some of the most violent beating on video of law enforcement, McFadden allowed him to have a conditional release and serve out his pretrial detention at home, in home what? confinement. We're talking about that judge 
Trevor McFadden is now going to be taking the Department of Justice's sentencing memo, the memo that's written by the defense, and who who apparently, now that they've lost on obstruction of an official proceeding, that's what he, McFadden, found McCoy guilty of, and counts related to uh, felony assault with a deadly weapon of law enforcement, and that's nine of those counts relate all to that. They lead to some of the highest sentences under the sentencing guidelines for the federal the federal system. And when you add to it the required enhancements based on the conduct, the police officer was restrained at the time he was beaten. That's an enhancement that gets you a worse sentence under the guidelines. Um, if you lie on the stand, and McCoy, the beauty that he is, lied on the stand and said he was merely helping the officer with his mask at one point, um, trying to um, make him feel better uh, as opposed to continuing to assault him. And the video, of course, and the testimony of Hodges, who had a very clear memory of him being beaten and how he was beaten, is completely counter to the lies told by McCoy on the stand. So don't don't tell even this judge, even a Trumper judge, that you're merely helping the cop as you're crushing the life out of him with his own shield. And that's a point against you, literally, under the sentencing guidelines when you take the stand and you lie related to it. So when you add up all those things, the Department of Justice said, Judge, if you accurately apply the sentencing guidelines, all the enhancements, the additive things, and you total this up, um, and you and his background, it's 16 and a half years. That's what you need to give him. Now, the Department of Justice knows the judge you're dealing with and knows this judge does not give out big sentences at all. He cuts everything in half. So I, I assume that in the back of their mind, they're hoping for seven or eight years uh, from this judge. But we won't know until there's a sentencing hearing, at which time I'm sure Hodges, uh, uh, police officer Hodges will testify again as a victim. Um, and then the judge is the one that makes the ultimate decision in meeting out the sentence, and that will be done in the next couple of months. Wow. But that's what we have so far. We've got the choice here, but look at this interesting choice. This defendant took a look at the judge and decided he'd rather put his life and liberty in the hands of a Trump-appointed judge and try to argue for a lesser sentence or maybe an acquittal than do it in front of a jury of of his peers. Of course not. Interesting calculation turned out probably right for him. I mean, the best that his lawyer could say in his sentencing memo in favor of a lower sentence was, well, my client was just mistaken about the facts around the the, uh, 2020 election. That's all. It was just a mistaken set of facts (laughs) that led him to savagely beat two law enforcement after they'd been restrained and were prone, trying to gouge out their eyes and crush the life out of them. And that's based on a series of oops, misunderstandings. Let's see if this Trevor McFadden judge um, has the um, brass ones, the (laughs) jurisprudential approach, the proper um, sober assessment without uh, regard to politics to send this animal away for as long as the sentencing guidelines provide. Unfortunately, I'm reasonably confident I'm going to be back on a hot take in the next 90 days to report 
that he did not do that, and that he cut the sentence in half. And this is the problem we're having. Um, everybody complains about um, the right, right, MAGA right. Um, they almost want to argue that Being only Republican judges. judges and Republican prosecutors should go after Donald Trump and other Republicans. <laughs> and I guess if you flip the coin, only Democrats for Democrats. That's not our system. We don't have a nonpartisan system of justice. That's why the um, podcast that I co-anchor on Wednesdays and Saturdays, Legal AF on the Midas Touch Network, we say it sits at the intersection of law and politics. It's politically charged cases is what we cover. Because you can't take the politics, unfortunately, out of most of this rulemaking. Tell me the judge. Tell me the circuit. Tell me the appellate division or branch and tell me state or federal and I'll tell you with a high degree of certainty what the result is going to be. Now I shouldn't be able to tell you that as a practicing lawyer I sh and, and analyst, an analyst. I should be able to say justice is blind and when you put it through a process when it comes out the other side it doesn't matter what judge or prosecutor is sitting there. But we know that's not true because we look at the Trumpers Almost all of them, whether it's Judge Kazmarek in Amarillo, Texas, ruling against a woman's right to choose to use medicated abortion because he wants to shove down the throat and other bodily parts of America and women his religious beliefs. Or now I got to worry and we have to worry and justice has to worry about Judge Trevor McFadden in the D.C. Circuit Court who um, is going to issue his own brand of justice, which is infected with politics and his sense or belief. Now, no one is better positioned to have heard all the evidence and seen all the videos and all the social media. I mean, we're not going to show them, but you can go look up what McCoy did. Every video of it is, is out there. And, and this judge saw it all and said, hmm, you can, you can go home for home confinement instead of staying in the jail. Wow. So that judge is the one we got to worry about because of his political persuasion. I'd love to say that, that justice is blind, but we see time and time again, especially when it's in the hands of the Republicans, that it is not. And we're going to continue to bring to your attention cases like this as they come up that sit at that intersection of law and politics. I do hot takes like this. I used to say every day, but technically it's been about every hour, given the era that we're in in 2023, co-anchoring that podcast, Legal AF on the Midas Touch Network, on Wednesdays and Saturdays with Karen Friedman Ignifolo and Ben Micellis. And then you can follow me on all things social media at... MS Popak. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF reporter. Midas Touch is unapologetically pro-democracy. And look, we know you are too. So please, make sure you check out our best-selling shirt and our best-selling gear, the unapologetically pro-democracy gear. And hey, while you're at it, make sure you check out my favorite shirt and one of our most famous designs. It wasn't rigged, you're just a loser. At yeah. store.midastouch.com That's store.midastouch.com I, like I think I might get that one. Election wasn't rigged, you're just a loser. <laughs> I like.
so yeah. So this is a ASMR barnyard noises and uh, animals, birds, cat, dogs, puppies. Etc. See, I want to write a note about it. we need to keep an eye on that fucking judge, don't we? Plural to death. point let him go home In the courtroom. Was... Describe the people... Terrorist Britain House. <laughs> himself. At minimum. Recuse himself. If not fucking step down. But I was the only one. Exclamation point. This judge...
If not, step down. And... You guys are lawyers. Of the state in which they, uh, Okay, I said, well, that guy nearly beat cops, plural, to death. And the Judge McFadden, was it? Let him go home? We must watch this judge very carefully. Shed some light. Keep shedding light on this case. Thank you for all you do. I'm a very proud producer indeed. Reminds me of Bruce Schroeder, judge in the Rittenhouse case, who did a white power gesture in the courtroom. Well, while explaining that the word victim was not to be used to describe the people who were killed that night by this little Kenosha police cadet terrorist. Rittenhouse. At the time, I called for Judge Schroeder to recuse himself, if not step down, but I was the only one. Rittenhouse walked away scot-free, and this guy might as well... Might as well. You guys are lawyers. Report them to the ethics. Boards. What's the name? Uh, um, Got uh, Mr. Hodges into a prone position using Mr. Hodges's own shield against him as a battering ram puts his uh, capital from being C is facing 16 years in prison, having been convicted in Who? September. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF. Patrick McCoy, 25, Patrick McCoy. of D.C., is facing 16 years in prison, having been convicted in September at a bench trial for violently assaulting and savagely beating at least two police officers during Jan 6, the first one being Metropolitan Police Officer Daniel Hodges, who testified Mr. McCoy's trial in front of Judge Trevor McFadden, a Trump-appointed judge. We're going to talk about him next on this hot take and what my predictions are for how he's going to handle the sentencing and how he's likely to cut the Department of Justice's recommended sentence at least in half. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's first focus our attention on Patrick McCoy, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H-E. E-Y. What did he do that day, along with two of his cohorts, Tristan 
Stevens and David Mahaffey. He attacked law enforcement and police in some of the most violent and brutal fighting that went on at that West Tunnel, that Western Terrace Tunnel. Particularly, Officer Hodges, who had never been to the Capitol before, he was a Met DC police officer, didn't know the layout well, but wanted to protect his democracy, his his uh, capital from being attacked by what uh, Officer Hodges has called a cult-like group of white supremacists who are fighting for the very soul of our nation. And uh, Mr. Uh, Officer Hodges was going to do everything in his power, even if it meant giving up his life uh, for our country. And what happened in particular? Well, at that West Tunnel, so the, the site of some of the most brutal and violent war that was being waged, uh, to protect democracy, to protect the elected officials inside. Eventually, Mr. McCoy uh, got uh, Mr. Hodges into a prone position using Mr. Hodges's own shield against him as a battering ram, pushing him into a door, trapping Hodges and, and squeezing, attempting to squeeze the life out of him between his shield and his door as he literally screamed out in pain. And what did those screams bring? Other insurrectionists that then proceeded to rip the officer's mask, gas mask, off his face in a violent manner, gouge out his eye with a thumb, and, and all the while McCoy is not helping this officer who's now prone and vulnerable to attack, he's actually uh, bringing the mob and all of their weight to bear. Hashtag McCoy with attempted murder. On Hodges to try to crush him. How he survived that violent assault, we'll never know. Fortunately, he had the presence of mind to stay on his post to fight off dozens of people. I mean, if this was, uh, uh, if this was literally during a war, he, I'm sure he would have been given, if not the Purple Heart, a Congressional Medal of Honor, or yeah. some other Medal of Valor for what he did and what uh, and how he protected our country. He testified, um, uh, Daniel Hodges, in the Gen Six Committee, and we have some amazing testimony from him that I don't even want to describe. If I were hashtag president, hashtag Biden. Hey, on January 6th insurrection, a medal of honor, exclamation points. And thank them for saving Vice President Pence 
from being hanged in the gallows in front of Congress. And from being hanged in the gallows, these motherfuckers set up in front of Congress. Treasonous fucking Trump supporters. Treasonous. Treasonous. Christopher Press. Okay, let's see. probably going to be deleted because just want to roll the tape and play Daniel Hodges's testimony at least a minute or two of it so you understand and just note that everything he's saying in that clip that I chose is about Patrick McCoy so he believed ours to be the last line of defense before the terrorists had true access to the building and to potentially our elected representatives. Eventually, it was my turn in the meat grinder that was the front line. The terrorists had a wall of shields that they had stolen from officers, as well as stolen batons, what other armaments they brought. Even during this intense...
Uh, anyway, so I was just um, making a note of that. So here are my messages. If I were President Biden, I'd give all the Capitol Police officers a Medal of Honor and thank them for saving Mike Pence's life, saving the Vice President of the United States from being hanged in front of the Congress and the gallows set up by treasonous Trump supporters, and Nancy Pelosi's and the rest of the entire fucking Congress. And I would criticize the Republicans for voting against a Medal of Honor and point out that they should all be removed from office with the 14th Amendment and call on Congress to do their fucking job. And expel the traitors in their midst. Hashtag Christopher Press. Well, that guy Patrick McCoy nearly beat cops plural to death. And the judge Trevor McFadden let him go home. We must watch this judge very carefully. Shed some light. Keep shedding light on this case. Thank you for all you do. I am a very proud producer indeed. Reminds me of Bruce Schroeder, judge in the Rittenhouse case, who did a white power gesture in the courtroom while explaining that the word victim was not to be used to describe the people who were killed that night by this little Kenosha police cadet terrorist, Rittenhouse. At the time, I called for Judge Schroeder to recuse himself if not step down, but I was the only one. Rittenhouse walked away scot-free, and this guy might as well. You guys are lawyers. Report them to the ethics board in a state. I'm, I ordered an 86th egg. Said it's only got a three-star review, but shit, man, if it works, I'm good. It's 86 egg incubator for a hundred dollar. Okay, anyway, so, uh, there you go. So, I'm going to take a... I'm going to tweet this. If I were President Biden, I would give all the Capitol Police medal, National Medals of Honor and, and remind everybody that... Okay, let's see here. 
Okay, if I were President Biden, I'd give all the capital with an O in there. Okay, capital. And then I'm going to make that at sign. National Medal of Honor. And uh, I'm going to put in the little uh, prize emoji. Prize. Get a prize. I give them a prize. My, and remind everybody that the fucking traitors, fucking G-O-P traitors, are still in Congress right now. Cyber hashtag President hashtag Biden. Oh, go away. J6. I'd call on Congress to do their fucking job and invoke 14th Amendment. Remove them all. Spend and uh, suspend the uh, fucking Republican Party. Suspend the party. X. Mm, not. Spend. Oh, whoa. Um, not fucking call to suspend the GOP. <laughs> A terrorist attack. Okay. Okay. Fucking terrorists. Okay. No. Fucking nix the whole party. Nix. 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 That they're still in Congress and perpetrated terrorist attack on Congress, J6. I'd call on Congress to do their fucking job. I'm going to vote 14th Amendment. Nix the GOP. Fuck them. All right. If I were President Biden, huh? 
Okay, and then I'm gonna um tag Biden. No, I can't on Twitter. Okay. Hmm. DNC. Fucking war room. DNC war room. DNC. Democratic Party. DSCC. Senate Democrats. Mm, Justice Democrats. Midas Touch Network. Mm, Midas Touch. Midas Touch Podcast. Meet the Press. Yeah, I remember though. Occupy Democrats. Mm, Cap. Oh yeah, Capitol Police. Capitol Police. Police. U.S. Capitol Police. One more person. Politics go! I'm a progressive caucus. Eric Stone. Uh... Okay. Next, the GOP. Okay. That's contest of wills. They tried to convert us to their cult. One man shouted, we all just want to make our voices heard. And I think you feel the same. I really think you feel the same. <laughs> oh, well, another man attempts to batter us with a stolen shield. Fucking crazy. Another man, like many others, didn't seem to appreciate that this wasn't a game. He fought his way across the lawn, up the steps, through the western terrace. All the OC and CS gas and at the front line of this final threshold was asking us to hold on because he has asthma. <laughs> the two sides were at a stalemate at a metal door frame that sat in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, at the front line, I inserted myself so the frame was at my back in an effort to give myself something to brace against, provide additional strength, strength when pushing forward. Paramilitary shithead. Unfortunately, soon after I secured this position, the momentum shifted, and, and we lost the ground that got me there. On my left was a man with a clear riot shield stolen during the assault. He slammed it against me and with all the weight of the bodies pushing behind him, trapped me. My arms were pinned and effectively useless, trapped against either the shield on my left or the door frame on my right. With my posture granting me no functional strength or freedom of movement, I was effectively defenseless and gradually sustaining injury from the increasing pressure of the mob. Directly in front of me, a man seized the opportunity of my vulnerability. He grabbed the front of my gas mask and used it to beat my head against the door. He switched to pulling it off my head, the straps stretching against my skull and straining my neck. He never uttered any words I recognized, but opted instead for guttural screams. I remember him foaming at the mouth. He also put his cell phone in his mouth so they had both hands free to assault me. Eventually, he succeeded in stripping away my gas mask and a new rush of exposure to CS and OC spray hit me. A mob of terrorists were coordinating their efforts now, shouting, Hee! Ho! As they synchronized, pushing their weight forward, crushing me further against the middle door frame. The man in front of me grabbed my baton that I still held in my hands, and in my current state, I was unable to retain my weapon. He bashed me in the head and face with it, rupturing my lip and adding additional injury to my skull. Now you've had an opportunity to hear, right out of the words of the victim, Daniel Hodges, 
who was so eloquent, eloquent, so brave, uh, so much valor in his testimony. And he testified again in uh, in um, the trial against McCoy and his two cohorts. And that was a bench trial. So now we know what he did. We also know he beat another officer with another shield uh, that happened at the same time. And that was Officer Henry Fulas beat him also, and he got charged with 24 counts and convicted of nine counts at a bench trial, not a jury trial. He chose a bench trial. Government was okay with it in front of Trevor McFadden. Why? Because Trevor McFadden was a Trump appointee. He's the only person to have found and acquitted a Jan 6th insurrectionist of a misdemeanor at least and let him walk out the front door of the courthouse back in April of 2022 and that guy was Matt Martin. No other uh, DC judge has allowed that to happen. Let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Z-Biotics. Now if you're like me, you've probably skipped a workout because of drinks the night before. Like, it's designed to work like your liver but in your gut where you buy product down. It's designed to work like your liver, but off your first order when you use Legal AF at checkout. Zbiotics. Yeah, try to skip the fucking ads. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So remember, head to zbiotics.com slash Legal AF and use the code LEGALAF at check quit it. So we got that going for us. But even Trevor McFadden, who is notorious in not adopting the Department of Justice's sentencing recommendations and completely throwing them out, not enhancing the sentence in any way, shape, or form, instead cutting it in half. I mean, he even gave Patrick McCoy a break. You've heard a lot about the Jan 6 choir, which is 20 or more of the most dangerous of the Jan 6 insurrectionists. A, a group of them have already been convicted awaiting trans and sentenced, awaiting transfer to the Bureau of Prisons, the federal system. Uh, a group of them have already pled guilty or been convicted and they're awaiting sentencing. And a group of them are awaiting their trial, but are so violent that they can't be let out. Um, this guy who, who, who perpetrated some of the most violent beating on video of law enforcement, McFadden allowed him to have a conditional release and serve out his pretrial detention at home, in home confinement. We're talking about that judge, Trevor McFadden, who's now going to be taking the Department of Justice's sentencing memo, the memo that's written by the defense, and who, who apparently, now that they've lost an obstruction of an official proceeding, that's what he, McFadden found McCoy guilty of, and counts related to um, felony assault with a deadly weapon of law enforcement. And that's nine of those counts relate all to that. They lead to some of the highest sentences under the sentencing guidelines for the federal, the federal system. And when you add to it the required enhancements based on the conduct, the police officer was restrained at the time he was beaten. That's an enhancement that gets you a worse sentence under the guidelines. Um, if you lie on the stand 
And McCoy, the beauty that he is, lied on the stand and said he was merely helping the officer with his mask at one point, um, trying to um, make him feel better, uh, as opposed to continuing to assault him. And the video, of course, and the testimony of Hodges, who had a very clear memory of him being beaten and how he was beaten, is completely counter to the lies told by McCoy on the stand. So don't don't tell even this judge, even a Trumper judge, that you're merely helping the cop as you're crushing the life out of him with his own shield. And that's a point against you, literally, under the sentencing guidelines when you take the stand and you lie related to it. So when you add up all those things, the Department of Justice said, Judge, if you accurately apply the sentencing guidelines, all the enhancements, the additive things, and you total this up, um, and, you, and his background, it's 16 and a half years. That's what you need to give him. Now, the Department of Justice knows the judge you're dealing with and knows this judge does not give out big sentences at all. He cuts everything in half. So I, I assume that in the back of their mind, they're hoping for seven or eight years uh, from this judge. But we won't know until there's a sentencing hearing, at which time I'm sure Hodges, uh, uh, police officer Hodges will testify again as a victim. Um, and then the judge is the one that makes the ultimate decision in meeting out the sentence, and that will be done in the next couple of months. But that's what we have so far. We've got the choice here, but look at this interesting choice. This defendant took a look at the judge and decided he'd rather put his life and liberty in the hands of a Trump-appointed judge and try to argue for a lesser sentence or maybe an acquittal than do it in front of a jury of his peers. Interesting calculation turned out probably right for him. I mean, the best that his lawyer could say in his sentencing yeah, memo in favor of a lower sentence might even walk free was, like well, my client was just mistaken about the facts around the uh, 2020 election. That's all. It was just a mistaken set of facts that led him to savagely beat two law enforcement after they'd been restrained and were prone, trying to gouge out their eyes and crush the life out of them. And that's based on a series of oops misunderstandings. Let's see if this Trevor McFadden judge um, has the um, brass ones, the jurisprudential approach proper um, sober assessment without regard to politics to send this animal away for as long as the sentencing guidelines provide. Unfortunately, I'm reasonably confident I'm going to be back on a hot take in the next 90 days to report that he did not do that and that he cut the sentence in half. And this is the problem we're having. Um, everybody complains about on the right, right, MAGA right, um, they almost want to argue that only Republican judges and Republican prosecutors should go after Donald Trump and other Republicans. And I guess if you flip the coin, only Democrats for Democrats. That's not our system. We don't have a nonpartisan system of justice. That's why the um, podcast that I co-anchor on Wednesdays and Saturdays, Legal AF on the Midas Touch Network, we say it sits at the intersection of law and politics. It's politically charged cases is what we cover. Because you can't take the politics, unfortunately, out of most of this rulemaking. Tell me the judge. Tell me the circuit. Tell me the appellate 
division or branch and tell me state or federal, and I'll tell you with a high degree of certainty what the result is going to be. Now, I shouldn't be able to tell you that as a practicing lawyer I sh and, and analyst, an analyst. I should be able to say justice is blind. And when you put it through a process, when it comes out the other side, doesn't matter what judge or prosecutor is sitting there. But we know that's not true because we look at the Trumpers, almost all of them, whether it's Judge Kazmarek in Amarillo, Texas, ruling against a woman's right to choose to use medicated abortion because he wants to shove down the throat and other bodily parts of America and women his religious beliefs. Or now I got to worry and we have to worry and justice has to worry about Judge Trevor McFadden in the D.C. Circuit Court who um, is going to issue his own brand of justice, which is infected with politics and his sense or belief. Now, no one is better positioned to have heard all the evidence and seen all the videos and all the social media. I mean, we're not going to show them, but you can go look up what McCoy did. Every video of it is, is out there. And, and this judge saw it all and said, hmm, you can, you can go home for home confinement instead of staying in the jail. So that judge is the one we got to worry about because of his political persuasion. I'd love to say that, that justice is blind, but we see time and time again, especially when it's in the hands of the Republicans, that it is not. And we're going to continue to bring to your attention cases like this as they come up that sit at that intersection of law and politics. I do hot takes like this. I used to say every day, but technically it's been about every hour given the era that we're in in 2023, co-anchoring that podcast, Legal AF on the Midas Touch Network, on Wednesdays and Saturdays with Karen Friedman Ignifolo and Ben Mycellus. And then you can follow me on all things social media at MS Popak. This is Michael Popak. Legal AF reporting. Midas Touch is unapologetically pro-democracy. And look, we know you are too. So please, make sure you check out our best-selling shirt and our best-selling gear, the unapologetically pro-democracy gear. And hey, while you're at it, make sure you check out my favorite shirt and one of our most famous designs. It wasn't rigged, you're just a loser. At store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. wasn't rigged, you're just a sore loser. <laughs>